0: Hi, you are listening to the very first Bangalore Bits podcast with your host myself, Subhu Krishnan, and Subhu Jaishankar. We started this talk show to share views on technology and to provide a perspective on latest technology trends, uh, detailed overview on latest development platforms from industry experts, gadget reviews, and of course, latest news, uh, technology news from India. Uh, You can find more details about this podcast on cast.next20.co. So, in this first episode, uh, we are going to discuss about Apple Watch Kit, uh, the Pebble Watch, and its its SDK, and other fitness and wearables out there in the market, and wrap up the show with some latest tech news from India. So, with that intro, let's get started. Uh, hi, Subhuf. Um, so, let's start discussing about the the fitness bands out there, right? And, and I know you are using Fitbit for quite a while now, and what has been your experience with those uh, so far?
1: Hey, so uh, I'm as excited as you are uh, launching this podcast. Uh, I would say uh, these fitbits and other bands or health trackers, uh, all these other bands are basically categorized them into a tracker. And the real inspiration for these trackers are basically the the mobile phones. Initially, when they came in with like something like a Nokia sports tracker or a Nike plus Nike run plus
0: things like that so so these were basically uh, the apps which were there in in phone right so you have to carry the phone
1: around yeah correct so when you use this these apps in your phone and then you to record the activities which are like your run jog or the walk uh, you do every day they basically collect in terms of like how well you are doing in terms of your run or a uh, walk and then Map your routes and stuff like that. So then, there is a possibility wherein you don't carry your phone all the time. So there is a small gap between in terms of how well your your activities are tracked throughout the day. And these Fitbit and other Jawbone 24 or all these devices became a little bit of an got an inspiration from from the initial activity tracker, and then they started moving on track your entire day activity which is which is in terms of how well you are climbing the flows or walking or running or your stand time and stuff like that. So basically you'll be able to visualize the all these data very nicely in terms of how active you are in a day uh, doing various activities actually. So I've been using this Fitbit for a year now uh, so Fitbit helped me in two ways one is recording the activities i do across the day as well helps me to track the sleep patterns which i go through in a week or a month so it is pretty exciting in terms of for me because i as you know i'm little, little fuzzy sleeper i would like to really understand in terms of what going what goes behind uh, behind these sleep patterns of mine so
0: what do you think about i mean that i mean though it, i think it uses accelerometer technology, I believe. So, do, do I mean, very happy with that uh, sleep tracking or all it was doing? Absolutely. Was so,
1: I had, before moving to Fitbit, I had used uh, an application called SleepBot with an Android. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So, that basically just, you keep, you switch on the application and then keep the phone on your bed and then based on your bed movement, it just tracks the sleep and stuff like that. But uh, Fitbit does it more accurately because it, it has got much more... Better sensors, better sensors, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Better sensors, but you are using the uh,
0: Force model, right? Yeah. Uh, I know. I had a Flex uh, for quite some time. and I wasn't really using it, Uh, but I think uh, Force also, which is again a discontinued model now. So they were also doing uh, step counting, not just step counting, and also climb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, was that accurate?
1: To, to to large extent it is accurate but I wouldn't say 100% but I would say probably around 90% it is accurate mm. uh, because they use the XYZ of your okay. movement on uh, 3 axes, which they will be able to get and then they will be able to go ahead and record and do that so it, To me, it really helped me in terms of to find out whether am I doing something wrong with my nutrition choices or is there any relationship between that and then the sleeping patterns or if I'm doing more physical activity in a day and then do I sleep better and stuff like that. So that kind of gave me me a gateway into that data which I never had actually. But
0: but the other problem, uh, I see these guys were kind of promoting their own ecosystem, right? And... uh, the recent fights, what you see between Apple and um, companies like Fitbit, is they don't want to share data into the Apple Health Kit. Uh, so, let's say if I switch the tracker from uh, Fitbit to Up or Job on to, I mean tomorrow, I mean all my old data is all gone, right? And, until these guys really uh, figure out how to, I mean, do the common data sharing, actually, right? That,
1: that's true, but I think those are initial days, and then as you move ahead, and then people, mm. the 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 more popular brand in the market is going to always win, and the services, and you also will have something like some kind of an aggregation across these services where you should be able to go ahead and accumulate. And actually,
0: Java, I mean, uh, these guys, Jawbone has released an app, which is called Up, uh, which is essentially not the one which they ship along with with their bands, this is something what they have recently released uh, as a common data aggregator sort of thing. So they have now realized a sort of an opportunity here. Uh, they are introducing other app integration. It also picks up data from other <coughs> fitness bands like I think Pebble does uh, some level of fitness uh, tracking as well. So uh, uh, that is another uh, interesting app segment which is going on. I mean, Misfit is another app which I was using for some time in the long Pebble. So... I mean it, it all depends how HealthKit is maturing but to me today HealthKit is kind of in very very early stages It is not at all polished, what's your opinion about that? Uh,
1: I, <clears throat> so I'm not very sure in terms of who's going to win this war and stuff like that but I think the, the more number of customers of somebody who has got is going to win the platform war uh, but it really doesn't answer the job on up or anything else. All those services are not really, is not answer to the actual question in terms of where you want to really keep the data. As in, actually, uh, I'm not sure today Apple is so successful whether you want to keep your, your health records with Apple, and tomorrow, if some other X or Y's who come in the market, you want to move there. The real winner would be somebody who aggregates uh, all this. Who aggregates the data from across these services and then who should be able to, wherein gives you a portability of the data, right. where you own the data as in wherein you move between services and then should be able to utilize and visualize those data across the services.
0: So, actually. What other fitness bands have you uh, I've
1: also okay. looked at Microsoft band okay. uh, so the so when we look at this activity trackers there are Certain companies work on a philosophy where there is no interface in the activity tracker, and which is like Fitbit or Jawbone and stuff like that. And there is, they also Fitbit also works on, on, on another variant of their products which has a little bit of interface, and then where you will be able to manipulate the data a little bit and stuff like that. But you also see uh, other entrants in the market, which is like Microsoft Band, who basically.
0: So why is Microsoft interested? I mean, I really didn't know because their Windows Phone itself isn't such a big success. So why are they getting into the fitness band market? Actually, so I, I,
1: I, the way I look at it is the the mobility and the wearable technologies are two different entities. Hmm. The more data you collect about a person or a service is 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 more important to companies like Microsoft and Google in terms of how much of a data you collect about a person is like where you can use as a company i would be able to make sense out about a person about
0: but but do they do, they, do you think they really are building a sort of an ecosystem like what apple is trying to do with healthcare if not does do- does windows phone has some sort of a roadmap where they are integrating these health tracking features into the platform
1: I mean, Microsoft is in an interesting position. They had this kind of a health uh, vault, kind of a service, like few years back. I, yeah, yeah. So they even before, even before Google or Apple, they had this health vault, like couple of years back, which aggregates uh, healthcare data across from different services and hospitals to about a person or a patient. So they are trying to see how else they can utilize that platform or enhance it and then make it more relevant to the current right current okay. trend, yeah.
0: and also there are new players now entering right like Sony is trying to enter uh, and I think even other guys like Garmin and others uh, so it's it's kind of getting very crowded uh, that is one aspect so uh, that's where I think again want to emphasize the, dat- the data portability is very very important aspect right because Correct. People keep switching different healthiness bands. I think some of them switch healthiness bands not just for the accuracy in tracking, but also the way that the band itself is designed, whether it is fashionable. Because Fitbit uh, Flex, which I was using, wasn't that Flex. I mean, it, it was just a piece of rubber you were wearing sort of thing, right? Maybe Jawbone Apple was much more better design. So,
1: right, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, and also Flex said... I mean, Fitbit had issues with uh, their force band. There were some issues with allergy uh, and all that, which they kind of now discontinued that product completely. And uh, where do you think this is heading? I mean, now with... Uh, do you think it, it... So far, it does it, does it make sense uh, to integrate this into a watch sort of a product? Like what Apple Watch is trying to do or all these new watches designs which are coming from different companies like Double. does it make sense to just wear a watch and it does the fitness tracking or where, where do you think this is heading to? Actually?
1: So absolutely there's two school of thoughts there like there is absolutely there's no doubt in terms of whether a device which you're wearing all the time which is touching your skin 24 by 7 uh, which can gather a lot more data than your mobile, mobile phone there's no doubt about that uh, it could be a watch or it could be some other sensor or it could be it could be anything actually
0: so, so the pure play fitness band segment itself I, I see maybe I mean next year or the year after it, it, it's going to go away and probably may get integrated into what sort of a form factor because if you look at how mobile phones came in and how it replaced the mp3 players and your mobile phone is, has become the kind of your phone plus entertainment device do you think watch will become that?
1: I don't think so because uh, I I've, I just bo- more love the school of thought where you have kind of a non-interface based sensors where you are be able to have kind of a hardware in your body where it collects much more data and then where you do all the visualization part in your mobility or mm. in your web. So I, for me, that is more interesting than a watch because the interface kind of kills me it kills us the, the joy of,
0: the I mean, it's the form factor you're talking about. Yeah, the
1: the form factor. Yeah.
0: So so coming to that aspect of uh, none of these fitness bands, to my knowledge, weren't really opening up any SDK sort of thing for you to develop any apps around that. And I know some of them are trying to do today, uh, but that's where I think <laughs> uh, WatchKit uh, comes into picture. And then now Apple has released uh, their first WatchKit. SDK. So it's, have you?
1: Yeah, it still doesn't make much of a difference because even though if I am a hardware vendor, why I am working on this area, I should be able to still do an interface with WatchKit and then should push the data from my my hardware to that device. I mean, to that service, uh, it doesn't make much of a difference as in.
0: But, but you can build some interesting apps for these devices now, right? It is now getting. It does fitness, which is probably one thing it does, but then it does a lot of other things like notifications and other sort of location-based services. So, I mean, what's, I mean, you, you have you tried WatchKit? Uh, did you download? Can you tell us how it looks, the whole SDK? Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I've been, since I've got interest on in this area, I've been looking at WatchKit more curiously. Uh, I think a couple of days back, watch, Apple has interestingly updated their hardware or Or the page which talks about watch as it is. So the there are three different. So what Apple has done is that very interestingly they are trying to educate the consumer in terms of how you will probably end up using watch. So they've kind of given out a template in terms of what various three broad categories you will see watch interfaces when you get the device. As in, one would be something like timekeeping, and the other broader where you would use your watch would be new ways to connect and the third is health and fitness so apple is kind of giving you uh, if you're an enthusiastic buyer of this watch instead of not having any kind of an idea in terms of how to use this it just tells you exactly and prepares you right now okay now if you buy the watch you will be able to go ahead and change the time phases which is like your watch faces where you will be able to add (coughs) interesting features in terms of how the watch looks every day. Which is like software driven watch faces which you can do. And the next interesting thing is they are adding is like something within the watch face you have something like complications which are like complications are small widget like interface which you would probably able to like something like what is the next alarm is going to come up or what is the UV index around based on your location these are small items within the watch which sits all the time and the third is that something like what you can see is something like uh, health and fitness.
0: So I mean it's still today I mean what are they released so far is it still requires pretty much a phone and then whatever I read it's not really a standalone watch app which runs only on the watch right. It's Mm. basically a sort of an extension to your iOS app. Is that the way it works?
1: Th- that's true but that is more on the dev perspective I was just okay. looking at in terms of like what as a consumer if you buy the watch what three things you would probably broader ways you will use your watch actually
0: But have they, do you think they have their, I mean I know they are doing the messaging part of it uh, but do you think they themselves have really figured out what people want to do with it because that segment if you look at they themselves are partitioned nicely with their different ranges in the watch itself so there is a sports enthusiasts who may want to buy that aluminium based sports edition and then there is a steel edition which is probably for office goers then probably the, the really super expensive gold one uh, so that is the three segments I, I feel they are sort of targeting and if you even the price points if you look at uh, that's what uh, they have kind of segmented this whole market itself right so. No,
1: th- there are two ways to look at it one is like Figuring out who is your target audience, and the second one is preparing the target audience in terms of what to expect in the in the product. Basically, right? Nice. So, they have done a good job in terms of what to expect. Where I was just talking about these three things actually is like how you basically use the product. Say, okay, you are on a it's an, 19
0: hours, okay? So, yeah,
1: so so the first one I was just saying is the timekeeping, and the other one is the new ways to connect is something like an interesting. Social features which Apple is introducing in watch basically, which is like extremely interesting because I have not seen Apple really moving in the social direction much. But if for me, watch would be possibly the first product where they are making hardware and software move on the social direction. Uh, in the under newest connect, it is something like very interesting where you have something like you will be able to share your heartbeat as well as sharing in a voice memo or in a location. Yeah, the so heartbeat emoji. one I really liked. Uh, yeah. but
0: I think there is—I mean, there are so many notifications already going on. Like now, computer telling what's the time <laughs> is, and then now tomorrow. There, I mean, I, I found really sometimes really funny when with all this uh, continuity and other features like the phone rings, all your devices in your home keeps buzzing. Now there is one more to take care. It is your watch. But I think the the one thing I liked is probably the heartbeat. Aspect of sharing that it sounded pretty cool, but it can also be little little dangerous and annoying sometimes, right? I don't know. I mean, it depends on the situation you are in, basically. So, I mean, what do you? What other things you really like from use case aspect? What do you think? Whether I, I, it will lead into the IoT space, like talking to other device IoT devices in your home. Like say, I mean, we don't use thermostats in India, but. Do you think maybe there
1: are other interesting use cases for India kind of a market? Uh, India kind of market, I don't know, but the the social aspect of it is slightly. I'm very impressed with that basically because like you don't you are already overboard with Facebook and other things. Where and I would be really interested to just somebody. I would like to be intimated if somebody thinking about me with just a mm. tap instead of really going and putting a status update, and I get a notification and stuff like that. For me, it's just an you know, evolution of social networking is what I see. What Apple is trying to do there, uh, which is in a very intuitive way they're trying to do there. Initially, I was not a big.
0: But I think initially. For it to be more pow- powerful, Facebook sort of guys should pick that up and maybe integrate into Facebook itself so your heartbeat comes in Facebook.
1: Even they do it probably may not succeed because a person who is just looking at to know whether he wants to be, whether the other guys by just intimating him by tap, I don't think he is interested in really looking at a Facebook status. This is really in a nice way to just let a person, this is like something like a yo, what you are trying to do. just say hello to him and then just tell him that you are thinking about him rather than going overboard with photos or anything else I kind of liked it Uh, for me this is a real evolution of social networking rather than looking at anything else so
0: it becomes more personal
1: absolutely it becomes more personal and then you are able to share your heartbeat and you don't leave any traces also absolutely (laughs) (laughs) no the traces part are there always Uh, I, I have my own doubts on that as well
0: Okay, so you want to talk about how the the uh, yeah. So the SDK la- before was.
1: going to the SDK, the last part again, what Apple has is the, the active health and fitness part, which is the activity tracker right. thing, which yeah. is getting bundled yeah. into yeah. the watch. But the interesting thing Apple is trying to distinguish between there is between other health trackers is that where here you can you'll be able to track move, exercise, and stand actually. Right. Yeah. So I've not seen any wearable. I mean, any band which basically tracks your stand so mm. it's like really interesting in terms of one it adds one more data element into your your activity tracker so now you will be able to track how well you are moving in a day how well you are exercising how how much time you are standing and how much time you are active so i i think by just putting these information in the hardware in the in their website they've basically done a good job in terms of preparing everybody to Correct. what to expect in the product as it is. So that is on in terms of like for everybody on the consumer side if you, you go back to the SDK and then look at it in terms of what various features the SDK offers right now. So, so
0: So it is it's actually integrated into Xcode or the
1: beta version of the next Xcode version right? Yeah so the the Xcode beta 6.2 should be able to download and then as well as iOS 8.2.2 you should be able to the IOS SDK 8.2.2 should okay. be able to give you that. So, the so what are things you
0: can do today with SDK? Yeah I think
1: uh, on. yeah, one is actionable notifications which you can probably to start doing it which okay. is like wherein it's like in a calendar invite where you say yes or no from your mm. watch which is not a native watch application as in but it is just an actionable notification which just comes to your watch and the next one is the glances mm. which are like in terms of uh, just gives you a good information view uh, about a particular activity, uh, which could be a weather. You can just look at it in a glance and stuff like that. And the third one is a native watch application, which is basically based on a single storyboard UI. Uh, where but this is an interesting part. Wherein so the entire SDK, this is an interesting part. Wherein you will be able to write a native watch application which runs on the watch with a single storyboard and then with all other uh, processing as well as networking and uh, other things encapsulated nicely as an iOS application extension. So what here they're trying to do is that nobody knows how in terms of this hardware performs and then how well the hard, how well the battery life will work for a native application, but everybody uh, are interested to jump into this and then want to try it out their hand and then do it. Wherein this gives them a kind of a head start for them, where you have single storyboard, you just put whatever uh, int- interactions you want to do in the watch, and then and then and then the watch kit takes care kind of bundling all the communication between the the storyboard and then taking it nicely to the uh, IOS extension but but they are
0: going to introduce native watch apps capability sometime next year right? yeah I'm
1: sure so definitely okay. I I would probably look at watch face watch kit extend SDK as a two phase uh, rollout to developers okay. so this first phase I think probably this is what we have there so and, I
0: mean uh, in terms of how they are going to launch these apps once people start developing uh, do you see any clue on whether they're going to release a separate sort of a section in the app store for watch related apps or or, or on the main app store they're going to say this app also supports watch extension I mean have they said anything about that
1: I've not gone through any or I've not come across any information on that okay
0: but uh, so it has to be, we have to wait and yeah, watch absolutely. on that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, at, on the glance side, what you said, I read an interesting thing about uh, there is a short glance and a long glance thing. Uh, if you keep glancing your watch longer, mm-hmm. then it can show much more detailed information actually. So okay. that's a pretty interesting use case. I mean, then they are actually even using some sort of sensor to really see whether your hand is raised and you have kept in the raised portion for for an extra long time, uh-huh. and then they started showing, let's say, you're showing like a, I mean, a flight departure information, it can show more details and you keep looking at it, maybe the gate <laughs> information and all that, right? I mean, there are some interesting use cases, actually, they are probably uh, people would think of.
1: Yeah, could be possible, but I, and I've i not seen any, any of that info in the SDK or anywhere. Okay. Uh, it could be a good marketing material. We don't yeah. even know whether they deliver those, actually. <laughs> because I'm not but sure. Like what, what,
0: is, what is your opinion about this old extensions business itself? Because, I mean, I was so excited about the extension, especially with keyboards, right? So I could now take like a new keyboard. I mean, I'm a big fan of Key and Swipe because uh-huh. it just significantly increases your typing speed, right? You can just swipe off and because the old iOS keyboard was really, really tough to use. Okay. But now, I listen a lot of issues with, the, and I myself face a lot of issues with those keyboards it crashes sometimes, it is not that reliable sometimes, it doesn't even load. So there are so many issues. So do you think these extensions is probably Apple didn't really, Architect well? is what, uh, probably it's too early, uh, just the first release of that. And do you think WatchKit also will face some sort of issues with those extensions? Yeah, I
1: mean, those are two different, uh, two, two different act, uh, entity I, w- I would look at it because the, the extension what we are talking about an iOS application extension is slightly different from what you are saying. Okay. The Coming back to the question of uh, app extensions is something slightly different from what we are talking about watch and then in the uh, an the the iOS application, application extension. So the iOS application extension with respect to watch is something like very similar to what you see in Yosemite between the application extensions and then the Mac app. Mm. where they are like slightly, they run on different uh, processes and they are nicely encapsulated right. and stuff like that.
0: Now, uh, what I thought is, I mean, though even SwiftKey or uh, Swipe, they also have an app in, I mean, installed mm-hmm. on your phone and then the extension is what just gets your keyboard replaced. I don't know how the Arch kit is going to work, but I, I somehow feel the extensions, uh, the whole architecture in iOS itself is little... Not that mature today. I don't know. The watch extension is maybe a completely different thing. Yeah, uh, as I, as
1: I as really you say don't that. know about that. But the, whatever I see, the way they have done this native app right now in watchKit looks really nice and interesting because the, the way they've done is a one single storyboards, storyboard UI, and then they encapsulate mm. nicely the networking and other nice. sensor data collection part and iOS application where. It is up to the up to the dev how he implements it, but therein there is no problem in terms of whether the app crashing and stuff like that. But
0: the, I think that, that that was exactly my point. So if your app crashes for some reason, right? uh-huh. or if your iOS app is is crashing or whatever, may be the reason there will it also affect my experience on the on the watch? I mean, we have to see that that is, yeah. that is a, that is actually the problem. What? I am now sort of facing with those keyboards. Okay. Uh, and it was a very weird situation where you go to the default search uh, in iPhone, right? Or you want to search something on the phone. And if you have the third-party keyboard enabled there and for some reason it crashes, there's no way to search on the search screen itself. Okay. It, I mean, they have not really thought about many such corner use cases or whatever, but okay. it's still probably, there's quite a bit of maturity needs to be built into that.
1: Could be possible, but I, I I don't see any anything wrong in terms of architecture as it. I've seen they have done it nicely. I would probably say it is like in terms of probably it takes a little while for it to mature, and then how well the third party apps implement them. Right.
0: So, yeah. Okay. So what else about what watchKit is is that all? I mean, so they also have like sort of a. It's not probably a full blown simulator, but. I think it's probably built into the iPhone simulator itself. One more small screen comes uh, there is I've, what I saw when I tried Xcode.
1: Yeah, I have no luck with the simulator. I couldn't get any. Okay. So, what's the
0: what's the other thing about WatchKit? Anything else you want to mention?
1: So, I think they just want to basically head, give a heads up to the devs in terms of to see what various things they could be able to do hmm. when the when the submissions process starts. Uh, if I'm not wrong, the pro- submission process will start somewhere between March or April or something like that. Okay. So the gusts. watch is
0: not going to come in Q1 then?
1: I'm sure they'll probably release in
0: during WWDC, which is June or July. Oh, that far? Okay. I don't know
1: actually. These are...
0: I mean, obviously a lot of speculation. Yeah, and rumors exactly. You know.
1: yeah. So uh, the, the gust... I mean, the reason for me to gust that is because uh, WWDC would be an ideal platform for them to mm-hmm. release yeah. Watchcase case SDK in a complete form to all the devs and they could even
0: get on some partner companies exactly to demo on stage yeah, exactly
1: yeah. And, and then release the hardware nicely mm-hmm. around that time
0: but but then, then I think that's not a pretty big buying season in US right so it's probably I don't know when this is going to come to India I don't know if they really <laughs> have India in mind but I think in US it's mostly the, the year and holiday season, right? So I hope it doesn't get delayed so far and people obviously will lose interest on it.
1: I know really these are basically based on rumors actually. like how the Apple behaviors. Apple behavior is, so.
0: so So with that I think I, I didn't make a bad choice buying pebble, I think, because I bought pebble just to get a feel of how wearing a smartwatch will be right? and that essentially was my thought process okay. of buying that. I didn't really like the, the original Pebble, I felt it was too plasticky then I picked up the, the steel version which is pretty nice, I mean the build quality is nice, it's got a very decent leather band. Uh, I think what it does is, what it does well is probably the notifications. So, which is not really actionable still, which is probably whatever email comes or push messages or any of those, your IM uh, messages just get routed to this. And then you can basically take a quick glance at it. uh, and, And let's say you're in in like driving or maybe you're talking to somebody. You don't really want to annoy the other person by taking a phone, looking at it. You can just flip your wrist and read about that was that is the only thing which does it nice. Right. I felt the use case of uh, you can take a call while you are driving, especially when your phone is uh, on on the Bluetooth speaker phone. Mm-hmm. You can pretty much look at the wrist and then say yeah I won't take the call or reject it. So you don't really need to take your Phone, which is not really safe when you're driving, right? So, and that's one use case. Okay. Um, that, that's all. I, I think now uh, what I also see there is, these guys are doing quite a bit of good good work there. There is absolutely a little bit of momentum, definitely. When is it? These um, guys, Pebble. Pebble, right? yeah. yeah. So they recently released. Uh, they I don't know whether they partnered with uh, Jawbone, uh, but Jawbone has released a fitness tracking watch face table mm-hmm. so what it essentially does is uh, it ties up to the the jawbone up app which I was talking uh, before so you can set the your targets there let's say I want to do 10,000 steps a day okay. and then this this really cute watch face uh, comes up on table and it shows indication on where you are and then it synchronizes all that step data back into the their job on cloud and then the app picks up from there. Mm-hmm. So that, that was a pretty neat recent watch face app I have seen but there are so many of them uh, Misfit is another company which is uh, partnered with Pebble to do this. So Pebble for some reason is able to constantly keep upgrading their uh, features uh, in terms of releasing new apps and watch faces so and that, that's pretty nice.
1: They are probably one of those early starters who came in a multi-platform...
0: Correct. That was another big, I mean, thing for me at least because you don't really want to tie up into one ecosystem for just for the watch sake. I <laughs> can move from iOS to Android and back and forth whenever I feel like because you're, it, it works seamlessly with both those platforms. Right. And uh, I did look at their SDK a little bit uh, they also have a C, C-based and a JavaScript-based SDK. Essentially for, uh, so if you want to build very simple watch faces, then you can just go with their JavaScript SDK. Uh, but if you want to build a little more, uh, like say, feature-rich apps, which leverages some of the capabilities of the watch, then you can go uh, and leverage their, uh, this, the CSDK for building those watch apps and it can also talk to your iPhone or Android app um, so you can also build a companion app on on these platforms and you can share data with watch either way so right. you can share like location data with watch and you want to show some weather, weather information on the watch based on the location where you are uh, so all those are pretty neat use cases
1: it is good but I feel the, the companies which will win on this war would be the the people who are able to build the services on these devices. Mm. Uh, so it is like essentially how Google single-handedly won on Android and Apple on iOS side. It's essentially because of the services they have built around it. Uh, if, you're a, if you're a hardware vendor and then you don't have a service and then you rely on somebody like Jawbone, I'm not sure how long you can just go ahead and start piggy-packing on other services if they start getting into the services and then they just move ahead, it should be probably much more interesting alternate to both Android Wear as well as I iOS WatchKit.
0: So, the other thing I want to talk about is uh, probably on the battery life itself. Right. So, it is probably very tough to digest the fact that you have to, watch, I mean, charge one more device which is your watch every night. Right. Sure. That one thing I like in Pebble because Pebble really... Last uh, with a single charge for almost three plus days. Okay. It's, it's pretty neat because of the e-ink, e-ink display, display what they have. Uh, but I hear I think even Tim Cook himself said that we have to get used to the fact that you should <laughs> be ready to charge your watch every night. <laughs> so oh, what do you think about it? I mean I felt it will be too annoying to do that. Don't you think so? Uh,
1: could be probably in the small.
0: I mean, Moto 360, if you look at, I think it lasts, it lasts little more than uh, probably 12 hours, I don't know. Something if you're like. an early
1: adopter, probably it is a small thing which you pay for being an early adopter. Okay. And probably a couple of generations that will get sorted out nicely. Mm. I don't see that as a problem. Uh, there's one thing which gives you a good indication is that uh, to me, Apple is looking at running iOS in watch. So, that gives a good indication in terms of how well they are looking at maturing the the hardware platform as in they're looking at various components maturing so fast at that size. So,
0: so is that another reason why they have not still released capability to build native watch apps, right? Because it, it could be a little more power hungry. Yes, exactly. So mm-hmm.
1: between now and whenever they're releasing, they should be able to figure out those hardware components which are like, which which are basically work together and then much more power efficient actually.
0: so that, that is why it's pretty much the extension is using the watch as one more display exactly. so just paint the UI on it and leave yeah, it. Yeah, right. it doesn't do anything else beyond Yeah.
1: It. and and opening out to all the capability run a native app in the watch to third party devs would be disastrous at this point of time because people you never right. know yeah. what they do actually with that so this gives it kind of gives them a nice encapsulation from that so that they do all the heavy lifting on the phone and then it just gives in a user interface layer to the user who
0: uses watch. Itself. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So anything right. else on watch, watches, any other platform you want to talk
1: about? So um, to start with, I've not been a big fan of watch as it is, but the more and more uh, <laughs> you are getting education used. from <laughs> Apple is... Getting used to the fact. No, the more and more education from Apple is kind of making me deviate towards that Looking forward to buy that device, mm-hmm. a Gen 1 device. So you will buy a Gen 1? I will be surprised if you do
0: that.
1: <laughs> I have not made my mind, but I really like the way they are moving forward. So mm.
0: I feel the price point is probably one thing. Yeah. I think it probably, at least in India, it will be a big hindrance for adoption. Because even the base aluminium model, whatever the sport portion of it is, going to start at somewhere around $350, which is probably quite quite expensive for, I mean even in US it, it is expensive true I mean the gold one which is like really really expensive they are talking about 5 grand and all that but I think even the steel one is what I probably would buy if at all I buy but I, I feel it's not going to go less than it's going to cost somewhere around 400 to 500 dollars no mm-hmm. idea it's about like the pricing what 30, 30k for a watch <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you have to get used to that fact. That, and also, I think the other problem is it's not about spending the money because obviously if the life is there, then obviously you can invest that. But these most of these tech products and this is one of the tech, tech products. Like, this is not like a Casio watch or a, a citizen watch you buy and it lasts for 10, 15, 20 years, right? Yeah. The lifetime of this is probably about three years. Yeah. That's the sort of the refresh cycle. I don't know. I mean... That takes a, is another thing which you probably want, you should get really used to. Every three years you want, to, or two years, you want to change your watch also now. Which <laughs> is a really hard thing for me at least to digest.
1: So, I, I think there is one leeway that I look at it is that your phone upgrade cycle is going to go less. Uh, okay. So, you may not really upgrade your phones in every two years. You will probably have your phones about four or six years. Uh, and I have a watch depending, <laughs> yes week. exactly keep upgrading your watch and then continue to have your phone for longer life cycle so it also just kind of gives you a nice cycle from jump from your phone to watch actually where you keep upgrading them. okay yeah
0: so I think that's pretty much our wrap on on watch kit so far yeah uh, so I'm sure we're going to talk maybe in, in coming weeks as we explore more about the watch kit SDK and What's the possibilities it brings in, right? Yeah.
1: So the so uh, apart from this notify notification to me is like kind of a fancy thing on watches. Like, have you even have you thought about some of those any other interesting use cases for watch?
0: One thing is probably may make sense if they. I mean, as I mentioned before, if they start integrating with other devices in your home, uh, for example. I mean unlocking your car door or maybe your uh, your house, I mean front door, all all those may be some interesting use cases, at least in, in India context makes sense. So I don't need to it, it sort of becomes a keyless entry application, right? So I don't need to really carry a key around for some of these in if I start trusting this, it could be one. Uh, other use case probably from a more from a travel perspective is Obviously, if they can program these watches in a way where I get into a hotel where I don't need to really wait in the reception and get access to the the room wherever I am allocated to. If I get those keys right when I land in the airport and then I just walk into the hotel with my watch and then the door automatically opens. I mean, whichever door or the room I am assigned to. These were some interesting use cases. I, I at least thought, I am sure you will have much more. <laughs> I mean, No, for me, if I have remote. to buy a
1: watch, it has to basically integrate very nicely with the home automation products. Right, yeah. As well, uh, as should work as my TV remote, actually. TV remote? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I am not talking about IR blaster as in. Okay. If the TV is connected to Wi-Fi, and then, it's some, other, some mechanism, either Roku, or Apple TV, or any or Chromecast or anything from watch if you can play pass change channels or play music and stuff like that so for me if I will probably end up buying a watch when these use cases are addressed <laughs> yeah but
0: that is more of the app ecosystem is they very quickly built in right I am sure they will partner with many other companies to do that yeah
1: and so so I need to also have to have these ecosystem based products working together so so I cannot afford buying uh, 200 bucks sonos and then <laughs> buy 300 bucks watch and stuff like that. So it's just like, it's just not something is workable. So I'm looking at something which are like, uh, which are like affordable as well, where they're taken care of the day-to-day life use cases. Like apart from home automation side. The other
0: biggest aspect, probably from home automation side, though we don't use much of it in India. But uh, is now you really have an identity which you are wearing all the time, right? Yeah. So some pretty use cases could be they can personalize your whole experience. When you, let's say, enter a hotel or maybe even when you reach home, uh, your split ACR condition automatically knows you are home and then it automatically switches to a, based on the weather, it can change and set sets some sort of a temperature setting, right? Uh, I mean, those I are some see, personalization, Yeah around home automation possibly.
1: that's all fine but I don't see a need for watch for those actually so the, the the simplest thing I could think of right now is that how do I just basically go about controlling my music or TV to start with or unlocking doors or or, or can I authenticate myself against some website so these some of those use cases which I would really like to see these guys mm-hmm. address but in the again store. I
0: think uh, unlocking door for example uh, they I don't know they need to address the two factor aspect of it because what, what if you lose your watch like. yeah. <laughs> so there has to be a second factor where they really need to assure maybe you need to have some sort of a fingerprint or maybe a, an additional code or something to unlock
1: or a physical key as well.
0: yeah those things are to be addressed actually. I mean, yeah. these are still early days, but I'm sure they are going to partner with some of these home automation companies to, And they are already doing it yeah. um, with their HomeKit and other platform. I mean, whatever opportunities they have opened up now.
1: So if I have to buy a watch, uh, it I it, today I would only buy for the new ways to connect. That would be only thing which would basically interest me mm-hmm. to buy it. And I have got huge interest on emojis now.
0: So, <laughs> I just want to send... The heartbeat. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. I just want to send emojis to left, right to <laughs> everybody. <laughs> yeah, emojis.
0: I, I, I used to hate it but now I am getting used <laughs> to the fact now everywhere it is there actually.
1: So, if there is one reason as I buy a watch, that could be something like for the newest to connect. And and the the clever
0: thing what these guys are doing with emoji is what they are forcing you to use it. For example, you say you type dog and automatically dog image (laughs) comes (laughs) there. So, it's no longer you have to search for those emoji and then specifically select and send. Now, based on what you type these guys are suggesting emojis Mm -hmm. now. And
1: best part is they are cross-platform and Unicode based. Right, yeah. And things, yeah. Uh, an emoji done by Twitter or a Google or an Apple cannot go wrong. No, I,
0: it comes fine in my Pebble watch. <laughs> exactly. So, I got an emoji in my WhatsApp or something on iOS. Right? Right. The same thing comes in Pebble actually. Exactly. exactly. So, That's because it's a Unicode. Right? Yeah. So,
1: that makes it even more interesting. So, if I'm watch, buying a watch, it could be only for the new to connect. Sending <laughs> <It's> heartbeat. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cool, Subhu. so that was a wrap on, I think, on yeah. uh, on watch Kit and wearables. I am sure we'll talk more in upcoming episodes. So, you want to catch up on some interesting in- news in India? Uh,
1: India-specific tech news?
0: Yeah. So, I was really annoyed. I mean, I'll start with, uh, uh, I mean, with the whatever the OnePlus One launch and the Redmi Note launch. I really don't understand why they do that. I mean, OnePlus One is like really crazy. I mean, they say you you have to participate in this, you have to subscribe to a newsletter, you go and like Amazon in Facebook, then they have only, all they have is like thousand invitations. (laughs) Right? I I mean, they may have, I don't know whether this is a marketing gimmick they are doing or they are really short on inventory to me it looks like they are short on inventory they are not really able to manufacture those many phones true so they are just doing all these unwanted i mean promotions and all
1: <laughs> true very true so i think the the there are two aspects of it one plus one has globally as one strategy and interestingly there are the e-commerce players in india are playing in a different strategy which is kind of flash sales kind of a thing they call Uh, That is what Redmi is. Yeah, the Redmi partnership with Flipkart is that. So you basically go ahead and register yourself for an early early interest on the product and then Flipkart automatically adds them into your cart and then lets you know a date and time when it opens up for the sales. No, they didn't even do that.
0: For Redmi Note, for example, Uh I mean, I wasn't really going to buy it, but I just want to see how that whole experience works. So Uh I just registered for it. They didn't send me any notification. Uh, Not
1: a notification, but they would have just told you know. that they it it opens the sales opens on current date and some time. Mm-hmm. Some time they say. Yeah. So, so I
0: was like, like I, I tuned in maybe 10-15 minutes <laughs> hey. from that time. What all they said? It's all gone. Yeah, it, it's yeah. ultimately said out of stock. <laughs> I don't know how many units they really have. Maybe a few thousands they may have. I think you know. But again, what, what do you think of the Sinogen? Now splitting from OnePlus, and they have now partnered with Micromax in India. Okay. And uh, what do? You, what's your?
1: That is in a very interesting story. Uh, so to start with, let's look at it. Something like what has happened last week. So OnePlus One has CyanogenMod as their uh, operating system. A CyanogenMod is a for as an custom fo- ROM. Yeah. yeah, custom ROM developed mostly by uh, devs across the world. Correct. Mostly in terms of collaboration, as like with it's like completely open source kind of a ROM. Uh,
0: so they were completely riding on them, right? Now I, I feel suddenly they kind of ditched them, and this whole Micromax deal is sort of a in the back, right? Sort of. So
1: the, the Micromax deal has a several interesting aspects of it. One is uh, so before going to Microsoft Micromax deal, what we have to look at is the CyanogenMod mod. So I've been seeing a lot of interesting news about Cyan- uh, Google is trying to acquire CyanogenMod, wow. and, but <laughs> CyanogenMod CEO is like kind of refusing to for that acquisition. But it, why would Google want to buy yeah, it? Yeah, that is the interesting thing. So, so if you look at it today, CyanogenMod is a single firmware you can load it on any unlocked device where you don't need to install any Google apps. Correct. Put everything as a side loader. Mm-hmm. or install an Amazon App Store on the device and you can completely use it. Mm-hmm. I don't think Google would be interested to interested to have that model continuing. Uh,
0: they want to just kill them.
1: Yeah. It could be either just buy them and then just shut down the service so where you don't have that option to do it. Or it could be something like they want to have integrate this nice set of engineers into their Android team so that they'll be able to because CyanogenMod supports a lot more devices than any other ROM basically.
0: But I feel it may be the first one not you said because it probably kills their whole exactly. the, the branding aspect of Google, the search is out of it, I mean why would Google bother to give Android free? I mean, but still only it is not is that easy,
1: so if you want, you have to be a little bit more technical to do completely out of Google service but it is absolutely possible to if you just use a Cyanogen mod and then you just completely live without a Google ecosystem on the device actually it's still possible it's slightly techy but it's still possible that option is kind of, kind of ruled out without uh, with all other firmers. Like this, so only Cyanogen yeah. mod is the only thing that you can find so that is one aspect of it and there is some there is some discussion going around I think CyanogenMod guys are refusing back the deal and then they are not going yeah, around do you know way.
0: what was the deal with mic- Micromax yeah
1: so the Micromax thing is like s- before going into the CyanogenMod deal probably so if you if you understand ASOP wherein every OEM who picks up Android uh, as their branded operating system for their devices they have to basically release their uh release their drivers and their code, source code to the ASOP tree.
0: A-O-S-P, okay. yeah.
1: For their, to the tree. So nobody can just, if you're using a GPL compliance license, then you're supposed to do that. We have seen that Samsung does that, every other company who uses uh, Android as open source, then they have to basically release their entire capable okay. the driver or all other source code. So anybody who's using those devices will be able to pull in the code and then they use the drivers. They can customize the kernel or bootloader or whatever they want to do it. That is the basic compliance you agree. Okay. So mm-hmm. you agree to use the ASOP, basically.
0: Okay. So now, so the interesting interi-
1: thing there with Micromax is Micromax is an OAM which uses Android as open source, but they're not compliant to any GPL, basically. Mm. So, there are some uh, developers from XDA and other forums have contacted Micromyx and then said uh, it releases the kernel code for us. Micros- Micromics is an interesting OEM. They always refused it. And they've refused to release the kernel code. And you basically break the GPL okay. code. So, if you're an OEM, I'm not sure how far you can sustain and go ahead... And completely breaking the GPL code and continue to use Android as open source. Mm. So now, how do you get out of this? <laughs> right.
0: Okay. So that's why they. Okay. I don't know.
1: That could be one interesting reason why they wanted to get in there. Uh, so the science Cyanogen deal has so many flavors to that the story. Mm. So we really don't know exactly like what triggers this actually. And it is not very clear to me. OnePlus One, I've been rearing, reading a lot of controversial back and forth stories around this. OnePlus One says, globally it will have Mod as their ROM. Mm. And India will have its own homegrown uh, <laughs> ROM for India. Actually, okay. And they will release with the and Mod, and they will have kiosks across the country to update their ROM, which is coming in near future. Which will overwrite mm-hmm. mod and then you will have it. Well, if you I mean buy, better than need a Kia. Yeah, yeah, so if, if you really buy one plus upgrade? one today, you will probably get it with Synergen mod. Right. In moving forward, they cannot use it, so they will force you to update it to their own ROM.
0: Yeah, that was such a deal breaker for me. I mean, I, I was about to buy that, uh, but then.
1: And the, the interesting thing is that if they are already building a ROM. I am really surprised what's stopping them to roll it out across the globe not only for India. Right,
0: yeah. Yeah, so, and... Probably they are just testing it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I don't think their ROM is going to be as mature as Cyanogen because Cyanogen has been in in the market for many years now, right? I mean, they are pretty good ROM basically.
1: True. And more or less, the customizations you can do as a dev, I mean, if you are a little bit of a techie guy, the customizations you can do with and mod is like literally limitless. Actually. Hmm. And so, uh, for, for me, if you ask me if I have to buy a OnePlus One device in India without mod, I would say no, big no. I wouldn't buy a OnePlus One device in India without mod. That's yeah, that, that's
0: that's my that's standard still, yeah.
1: So, and it will be interesting to see how Micromax is moving from, because there's other element to to the interesting story is that Micromax is part of Android One. Right, yeah. (laughs) And
0: Android One, if you look at, uh, it's not doing all that great, right? Because there was another story where uh, many of the physical retailers, right, in India, uh, they were kind of pissed off with Google's decision that they... Went with online players like Flipkart and Amazon and Snapdeal and all those guys, and uh, now all these physical retailers are saying because you are not able to sell that well on those online devices, now they are trying to lure uh, these guys to sell on the physical stores. And if you look at the numbers, uh, Android One has been selling significantly well only on the physical stores. It has been a really a kind of a flop on. The online
1: sales, basically. So, if I have to look at in terms of only the in terms of capability point of view, apart from the business aspect of it, pure Google experience needs much more higher hardware. Correct. Yeah. To give you that kind of fluidity, I don't think the the Android one devices right now gives you that kind of fluidity. But that was their whole strategy,
0: right? They want to still give the same Android experience on a, on a low cost device. Right. I've played game.
1: around with a couple of devices they're like really bad Have
0: <laughs> okay. uh, you played the Micromax or the Carbon or No, I, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> remember the
1: brand actually i played a couple of Android 1 devices which are extremely bad they're not, they're really I also
0: felt I think the kind of market segment they're addressing in India is probably those the, the second tier and third tier cities where they want to reach so it, I thought that was a market and I don't think online has still reached those markets. And yeah. that is one of the reasons why Android One phones are probably best selling in those physical stores. Mm-hmm. Who are the dealers who are buying and selling them? Okay. So it's probably probably was just a, a bad strategy move from Google to say this is going to be a purely mm-hmm. online thing. So,
1: so, this MicroMod Synogen deal has like so many flavors to it. So, we had to see yeah, how this whole thing... Much, yeah, right. exactly.
0: And uh, they are going to launch new flavor of devices called U or something? Yeah, yeah U is
1: one. I think the Canvas is their, their flagship model and then mm. the Canvases are going to have a Synogen model. Is what I at least... Read. Right, but
0: this was such a deal breaker for me. And with all that the hoopla going around the OnePlus One invites... This really was such a bummer, actually. I don't think... I never wanted to wait on somebody's, like, say, social network, say, please give me an invite for buying a phone, where you're pretty sure you won't get a ROM update next year, actually.
1: (laughs) Right.
0: So, the other news, I think uh, we also... uh, The Redmi Note, the flash sales deal was continuously annoying me. I, I, I don't think the Redmi Note is really such a great device do all that flash sales and all that it it, it is it, it's not that class of a device where you really want to wait and register and endlessly wait for an invite i
1: i it's a, I, I think they're trying to create an,
0: uh, a marketing thing, yeah, yeah
1: it's like kind of create a uh, need for the product Correct. artificially hmm. uh, i mean it could be a, probably a strategy which will work in china and india where you have set of people who are well-educated and then there is a set of people who
0: are not
1: that well-educated but they are exposed yeah, to certain markets. That again
0: going... I mean, yeah, probably that is a second yeah. there. But so that mean, is the kind of goes the opposite side because if your product is so good, right, you want everybody to buy it. Why do you yeah. all do all this unwanted marketing campaign? There's a flash sale. Tomorrow it's going to open. It's going to be there only for 15 minutes. I,
1: I, I think they're trying to move towards in a segment where the high end is really taken care by the pure google android devices and the ios devices and there is a small set of tire 2 tire 3 cities where really people are not continuously getting updated in terms of what is happening around this and then but wherein they create this artificial hype and then create a demand Mm. that they'll be able to reach them and then
0: but, but they are not shared any... I mean, that is a pretty interesting metric to, if at all, they share, right? Yeah. Where these devices are actually selling in India?
1: That that will be the interesting thing. I think Flipkart might be knowing that and mm-hmm. then if by the encouraged, by the way they're doing it again and again, to me, it looks like exactly the way they're doing push it to the segments where it is artificially inflated and then they just kind of try to get more grab more and more of this market share they should be able to go and sell that ok
0: so I also read about the Samsung launching some Tizen low cost uh, yes there's okay. nothing else to add
1: there actually. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, so I mean just to add little bit Tizen is another their own homegrown OS right yeah so it's where Galaxy devices run uh, it's like an entry level devices with Samsung hmm. Samsung has devices in all price points uh, so it is extremely confusing for somebody to go ahead and look at a device and pick up what to buy and what not to buy, and okay, mm-hmm. it will be like so. This will be all together. It will be the user interface and other things look exactly like iOS. Sorry, the the Android. So it could be possible that a lot of people get confused between Tizen and Android, and then they just go buy something.
0: <laughs> okay, so I want to last talk about the Uber. The RBA uh, regulation thing is they're trying to work around. I mean, I know, I mean, I used Uber probably only once. Uh, they were, it, it, I think the key there is you just link your credit card into the app and then you pretty much walk out of the cab, right? I mean, the yeah. payment is all handled and RBA said, no, you can't do that. There has to be a second factor authentication to it. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, these guys were not ready to do it or they, their infrastructure wasn't ready for whatever reason. They have now gone and tied up with Paytm. So Paytm is one of those valet or the mobile payment sort of a company gateway where you can basically create a valet on Paytm and you can load some money on to the debit card and all that. So this look to me as though they are trying to work around RBI thing by, I mean, partnering with Paytm. So
1: for me, the, the whole Uber controversy, there is so much lost in translation based on if you just look at it the the company statement which comes in papers are like just one side of the story. Uh, so first of all, uh, two Indians sitting in India making a transaction in dollars is a complete violation of RBI. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be made in native currency and I have no idea why the government is allowed to do that in the first place. I don't see a reason why two Indians and a driver and a passenger who is in India they have to set transaction to do the transaction in dollars, and this is completely happening outside India. So the way Uber well, payment was it dollar to,
0: because when I yeah. saw the statement, it was pretty much an Indian. No, thing. I'll tell you yeah.
1: how it was. The Uber payment thing right now in works in India is that when you, as in a passenger, you get into the car and pay, uh, the money get deducted in dollar to a company called Uber BV in Netherlands. Uh-huh. And then eighty percent of the money is paid to the driver, right? In Indian currency, okay. From Wells Fargo in US. Wow.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay. And then the twenty percent goes to Uber as a, as a fee for the provider. Okay. So first of all, absolutely, I have, I have no idea in terms of why somebody wants to do a dollar transaction sitting in India. Being two Indians, a driver is an Indian, passenger is an Indian. You want to do an international car transaction on that, so. That is completely against RBI rules if I'm not wrong. Second is, it is more to do with if they have to put the the pin based authentication story, they have to basically do the entire transaction in Indian currency. They are quite they are trying to get away from those kind of uh, the the currency conversion and mm-hmm. then the payment fees which they have to pay to the India being in being a company operating outside. So I think they're trying to get away with that and then try to go look around all other loopholes in the system where they'll be able to go ahead and manipulate it. I, I don't see anything wrong in RBI going behind it. Uh, and they should go ahead and then if if they're really not complying to the the laws of RBI, they should probably find them. Hmm. Okay. So that, that,
0: that's pretty... I mean, Uber is also getting a lot of like globally also for a lot of these privacy violations they're doing and all that their guard mode thing where they know where you're <laughs> going i mean that's like seriously creepy business so right?
1: no but all that is separate but the, the way i read their company uh presses like the, the press release given by the company it looks like as if like rbi is giving them uh, enforcing the two-factor authentication as a wrong thing And Because as far as I know, giving a 2 factor authentication is the most important and secure feature for a card holder in India.
0: I think even globally, it is very, very, very important. But I'm not sure, it it is not
1: a mandate in US and other countries. Yeah, so they are
0: still on magnetic strip, right? So, so,
1: it is important, the customers of Uber in India understand the reasons why they are doing an international dollar-based transaction sitting in India. They should just probably wait for Uber to go move those payment issues sorted out and then they compliance to RBI mm. and they do it in the way it needs to be done in India rather than encouraging them and then continue to use the service and then to do an international... Because I, we earn in rupees and there is absolutely no point in sending spending in dollars and sitting in India. Yeah, that's right.
0: Okay, so we'll see what how this out, um, but I know now if you open Uber app, they are kind of forcing you to are, are constantly keeping you alerting that you have to, I mean, set up a Paytm wallet account and yeah. that will be your primary mode of payment. And all, but
1: it, interestingly, it kills the whole Uber experience because you not only need to have a Uber account, you need to also have a Paytm Correct. account <laughs> and you need to load money on Paytm. And yeah, I
0: mean,
1: the, yeah, So it is. And Uber is trying to do a workaround instead of implementing. Trying to fix thing. Yeah, exactly.
0: But maybe the payment gateways are a problem. I don't know. It It is is not a problem. I think... Because the experience what the payment gateway today have for the second factor authentication, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I think some of those are not really mobile ready. Because... I have
1: seen Citibank implementation for like about 8 years with two-factor authentication. It is exceptionally nicely done.
0: Uh, all but it works well for browsers. I mean, the desktop web browsers. No, have it basically to generates generate...
1: a code to your SMS to your mobile phone and then where you just type in that second factor a token into whatever application you're using. Okay, okay, I haven't tried that experience
0: Yeah. So, so far, okay. it, it takes me to their site yeah. where I need to use the IPIN or the Internet PIN to okay. log in. That's pretty much your second factor. So, no, yeah.
1: the, in Citibank site, you will have two options. One is their IPIN and the other one is the OTP. Mm-hmm. When you select the OTP he just SMSes you on OTP and then you just key in that and then stuff I, I and I think they're trying to evade those uh, currency conversion and then the the money they have to pay
0: okay yeah so th- that's pretty much I think what uh, we had to discuss on news uh, Is there anything you want to talk I mean in terms of technology news from India or
1: no I'm nothing else from my side
0: okay. So, okay. Thanks, listeners. Uh, so, that was our very first uh, Bangalore Bits podcast. Um, um, you, I hope you liked it. Uh, please share your feedback on castnext 20co So, if you go to that website, you have all the required information, and all the links on references and all the things we discussed today. You have access to the our social network accounts where you can drop in your feedback. Um, so, Looking forward to again uh, next week and I hope uh, uh, most of you will tune in. Uh, With that, it's time to go. Bye. Bye, Sabu.
1: Bye.